beautiful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I want to welcome you guys to the platform. Uh, also, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me okay. Let me know if you can hear me. Uh, today, we're going to talk about this woman named Ebony K. Williams, who uh, said some things on the griot that really got a lot of people riled up, a lot of people very upset by what she said. Uh, she basically seemed to make the argument that young black women who want to get married should aim for marriage early. Uh, and if they wait too long, they could end up losing a lot of what she refers to as their optionality. Uh, I'm going to break this down. Uh, she talks about markets. Uh, I'm an expert on markets. And so I'm going to kind of give you a perspective, not just as a finance professor, but also as a as a, a married black man uh, and an OG. Uh, so you can kind of see maybe where she was coming from and we can try to understand this. So uh, go ahead, uh, get comfortable, buckle up the seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to get started on DrVoiceTV.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down beyond Dr. Voice TV. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, I want to say good morning to everybody. Um, uh, let me uh, ask you all, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me okay. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me. Uh, because um, this is a really interesting conversation. Uh, this has to do with a woman named Ebony K. Williams, who said some things that really, really, really pissed a lot of people off. Uh, but then it had a lot of people cheering. Um, she's doing a really good job, I guess, of, uh, of of getting attention to her words and her her remarks. And uh, in case you don't remember, Ebony K. Williams was is on the griot, and she's the lady who uh, became kind of notorious to some extent for. Uh, saying that she wanted to date a bus driver if he owned the bus. And uh, so anyway, I, I do me a favor. Shout out the city you're from. I saw London in here. Good good for you. I know that it's afternoon in London, if I'm not mistaken. So that, that makes for good timing. Uh, and also, uh, don't forget that this podcast can be found, found on Spotify and on Apple. So just look up Voice Watkins on Spotify or Apple and you will find me there. Also, I want to remind everybody, the All Black National Convention, we discuss these issues with relationship experts, people that actually do this for a living at the convention every year because black family is very important. Give me a yes if you agree with me that how we build our families, how we think about relationship conversations is really important for the black community. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you understand where I'm coming from. Okay, guys. So here is uh, what Ebony K. Williams said. Uh, I could not find the precise quote. I'm not, I can't play the video uh, on my channel because I don't want to deal with copyright issues and stuff like that. But I'm going to try my best to summarize a lot of what she said. Uh, and I'm also going to sort of reference an article here uh, from vice.com. Uh, well, actually not Vice. I'm sorry. I grabbed a Vice article. It's not on Vice. It's on uh, uh, Atlanta Black Star. Shout out to Atlanta Black Star. Excellent, excellent publication. Uh, what they said here on, on uh, Black, Atlanta Black Star is um, she says that, uh, let's see here. She Basically, she says that um, that Black women who are seeking uh, marriage should seek it while they're young, that you should aim for this while you're in college, that you should get your MRS degree while you get your BA or your BS or your MA or your MS. 
And uh, she's a lawyer. She's also a reality TV star. She says, this will be the last time that you will be in such a con concentrated space within this many presumably available men with a, a projected equal educational and financial positioning. She said, and if you desire to marry a black man, the vast majority of black women do. This is even more so the case. Uh, she says, as we age, it doesn't matter how much money we accumulate. Uh, our degrees or professional accolades, the reality is that our marriage and partnership market value is depreciating with every passing year. She also claimed that it doesn't matter how attractive an older black woman is or how toned the body looks because our presumed dwindling fertility is a knock against us. Uh, and she says, quote, the number of college educated black men are so low when compared to college, black college educated women that we're all going to be targeting the same small pool of men. And as we heard today on most campuses, there's like a seven black woman student to every one black man uh, student ratio. Y'all do the math. Uh, she says, by the time you reach my age, 40, you will be faced with different choices relating to life, partnership and motherhood. All right. So uh, first of all, let me ask you all. Give me a yes or no. How many of you agree in principle with what she's saying? How many of you all think it's a bunch of BS? Uh, I'd like I'd be curious to know your thoughts on that. Um, and also, uh, the reason this is of interest to me, uh, first off, I'm, I want to make it clear. I'm going to bring my wife in here uh, because my wife, uh, she's a relationship therapist. She sees clients on an individual and group basis. Uh, she has a perspective that is driven by her experience as a black woman and as a college professor. Uh, and I, I, the reason I'm talking about this directly and independently first is because I have a lot of things to say and I don't want us, you know, she and I are both, you know, we're both smart people. They have a lot to say. So I don't want my words to overwhelm her words or me to be talking over her or anything like that. I think that it's um, a matter of just, you know, allowing each other to be heard. And, uh, and that's another, that's a little relationship tip is, uh, if you really want to get along with somebody, make sure that you let them know that they're heard, repeat back what they're saying, listen carefully, do more listening than you do talking. All right. So anyway, how many of you agree with what she said? Do you think that what she said was true or you think it's a bunch of BS? Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, anyway, let me kind of break some of this down for you. I'm going to kind of summarize some of the key points of her comment. She had a longer statement in terms of of really, you know, seeking to be very clear about what her opinion was. Uh, I think she made it very clear that this was not advice for all women, right? So when you go to places like the Shade Room, I noticed there were some women that were pretty angry with what she said, uh, that were really going at her and uh, just kind of saying, you know, that you're ignorant, you're stupid, and why should we listen to people like you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, now, so a few things that she said, uh, and I, give me a yes or no if you agree with any of these statements. She said, number one, as men age, their options go up. Uh, as men get older and, and more mature and make more money, uh, become more successful, their options tend to go up as opposed to when they were broke and struggling in, at 23, 24 years old. Do you agree with that statement? Give me a yes or no. Statement two. And she says that as women uh, get older, uh, their, their options for dating uh, and marriage tend to drop. Uh, she says that uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how many degrees you have, uh, things like that, uh, how, how good you look, how fit you are that your ability to get married when you're say 45 or 43 is different from your ability to get married when you're 23 or 24. Uh, she also uh, says that women should, give me a yes or no if you agree with that. She says that in college, women should uh, choose their marital partner while they're in college, not wait until later, not wait until uh, you know they get older because that's the best opportunity for you to meet somebody that's really gonna work for you. And she also says, uh, uh, what else does she say? She says something. Oh, so her final advice was if you're a black woman in college and you want to marry a black man, I advise you to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, give me a yes or no if you agree in general with what she said. OK, so. All right. So so let's let's drill into that a little bit. Um, 
And by the way, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I know YouTube doesn't always send out notifications, so uh, there's not as many people in the chat live as there will be later. I know that you know we have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and literally they'll they'll send like. 50 people or something. It's kind of crazy. That's why we're actually, we actually created our own social media platform. Uh, that's, that's, um, on a different, in a different space. If you'd like to join us, it's black enough, B L A G G E N U F black enough.com. We're going to rebrand it as B one nation, but right now it's, it's black enough.com. So if you'd like to join us, just go to black enough.com, answer the questions. So answer them th- uh, thoroughly, give a, give a, give maybe three or four sentences to let us know that it's you, uh, because we want to keep out the imposters. We want to keep out the spammers. We want to keep out the, the crabs in a barrel. We want to keep about the negativity. We want to bring in positivity, prosperity, and productivity. So if that's who you are, then go to blagenuff.com, B-L-A-G-G-E-N-U-F. All right. So anyway, all right. So let me give you some perspective on this. I, I'm going to say this. I don't agree with everything that Ebony K. Williams uh, says necessarily. Um, also, uh, I honestly don't know if she's the kind of woman I would have been interested in just because I, I, I'm not interested. I think she was on one of those reality shows, Real Housewives or something like that. And uh, to be quite frank with you, as a man who knows all about money, I mean, I'm an expert in finance, right? So I should know about money and I have money. Um, You learn how to spot women who are overly obsessed with money, right? You almost, you know, that's when you spill over from that space for being naturally attracted to men who are successful to coming off like someone who's a little bit overly materialistic, a little bit overly superficial. So uh, my personal preference was that I wasn't into women that were incredibly superficial or incredibly materialistic, even though I did in my book, Financial Lovemaking, which I wrote in 2006, which was the link between love and money. I wrote this book when I was on the faculty of Syracuse University. I concluded this, and I want to make this clear. I concluded that Women naturally, on average, many of them are attracted to men who can provide various forms of security, uh, various forms of financial security, physical security, emotional security. Give me a yes if you agree with that statement. Give me a yes if you believe that that women naturally have an attraction to men that are not going to mess up the money. Give me a yes if that if that you know if that's true and if that doesn't make her a gold digger. It just means she doesn't want her children to be struggling, broke, out in the streets, run around homeless with no clothes on. Right? She wants her kids to be in a good, safe spot. So women tend to be attracted to men who can provide economic security. Why does this matter? Why does this uh, make a little bit of Ebony's case? Well, first thing she says is that as men get older, our optionality grows. As men get a little bit older, you know, up to a point, of course, we become more attractive, you know, Um, and uh, and, and I don't know about every man's experience, but I can tell you this. Um, When I was a 32-year-old man making $100,000 a year, $115,000 a year to be precise, and that was the low point of my earning career. As a, That was literally when I was not making as much as I was going to make 10, 15 years later. Um, I had a lot more options when it came to dating than I did when I was a 24-year-old who couldn't pay the rent. And Ebony did actually, Karina, she did mention money. She definitely mentioned money. She talked about, uh, she said, I don't care how great your career is or how much money you have. She talks about money. She talks about money and status and all that. She didn't say that men become more attractive because they have more money. But I'm going to tell you that that when I got into my 30s, there were women from my 20s who didn't give me the time of day who were calling me like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And, uh, and that lends to that theory that some people have that when women go through that early dating phase, 
of dating the, the the wild guys, you know, you know, the Sierra future situation with Russell Wilson. They 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 want their their future while they're 24, 25. And then they the future he breaks their heart. I told you never marry a rapper, never try to have babies with rapper with rapper minded people, people that have that mindset because they're not built for fatherhood. They're not built for family. Typically, they're not built for longevity. They're built for short, exciting experiences. Whereas, uh, you know, the, the, the missing father, I believe sort of inhibited the ability of some of the young women to really understand what a sturdy man looks like, what a quality man looks like. Quality men come off as boring. Give me a yes if you know what I'm talking about. Quality men who don't make crazy decisions, who are going to be there for the family, who are going to be consistent for you, who are going to love you for good, they come off as dull. Whereas the guy that's exciting, he, why is he exciting? Well, because he's sexy. He smells good. He's got swag. He's got, you know, the sex is good whatever right all these things end up driving people into really interesting relationship choices that that maybe they end up regret regretting right uh you know you ran through these different guys and these guys maybe they gave you diseases maybe they gave you uh, a child that they they're not taking care of uh they they did they didn't want to marry you because he's got too many chicks right whatever right whereas that there was that one guy let's just be clear there and this is again this is my perspective i hope it's okay give me a yes if it's okay if i come in i know i said i'm, I'm mixing this between dr boyce and uncle boyce Dr. Boyce will give you the scientific financial angle to this. Uncle Boyce is going to give you the real life black man perspective. Give me a yes if it's okay if I share this. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. I'm just telling you what I saw. I'm telling you what my experience was. And the reason I'm doing this is because not enough OG type people do this. Not enough people over 40 are honest about their experience. Not enough people are honest. Everybody acts like every choice they made was perfect. Everybody acts like they 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 their stuff don't stink. Everybody acts like they ain't never had a, a you know a personal tragedy or missed opportunities because everybody wants to pretend like oh yeah I'm living my best life. Well everybody ain't living their best life. I'm gonna tell you the honestly God truth. I know a lot of people in their forties who are lonely as hell. I know a lot of people in their forties who would give a million dollars to go back to their twenties and and make all their relationship choices all over again. I know a bunch of people who uh, will go on, you know, girls trips and tell you how happy they are and take all the best selfies in the world, but are crying themselves to sleep at night. And, and the same thing is true with a lot of men, a lot of men, especially men that have health problems or whatever. Like go go visit. Like there was a, a, a black nurse who uh, I appreciated her video because she went into the stroke ward where there are all these good, handsome, good job having black men who who wanted to be players their whole life. And they got to about 50 years old and, and then suddenly the health problems kicked in and they had nobody to take care of them. Right. So 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 I personally think that the best thing any young person can do, I'm not going to tell every young person what to do about marriage and relationships. That's not my job. But I think the best thing you can do is get some older people who will be 100 percent honest with you about what lies on the other side of the fence. Get somebody who's going to tell you the truth. Get somebody who's really going to tell you what it's really like. Not not somebody because the problem is society will sugarcoat your ass into making a bunch of dumb decisions and they'll not be there when you deal with the consequences. They will tell you that, you know, things that honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. Maybe I sound old fashioned, but it never made sense to me that body positivity was going and sleeping with everybody that moves or doing all these crazy things and thinking that there's no consequences. That that to me is a recipe for disaster. Right. Uh, but but that's what they tell you. Oh, just do what you want to do, girl. Just be yourself. Girl, you got plenty of time, girl. You, it, you could be 60 years old to have a baby, girl. It don't matter. I, I'm not saying that's not true. God bless you if you can pull it off. I'm just saying that I that's not what I have seen. That's not the experience I've had. Right. It, so ultimately, I think that um, that first point Ebony made about men becoming more desirable as they get older. I can't speak for every man, but I can definitely tell you that dating in my 30s 
was very different from dating in my 20s. And then dating in my 40s was different from dating in my 30s and in my 20s. It, it, that's the honest to God truth. And so so really, you know, um, you know, and, and, and I'm gonna tell you, uh, like, like, I think that it's uh, it, and I got married at 45 to a woman that knew me for 30 years. I had plenty of options. There were a ton of women I could have married. I chose to marry the woman who knew me before I had money. I chose, I didn't choose to marry the woman who got to know me after I became Dr. Boyce Watkins. I married the woman who knew me before I became Boyce Watkins. And, and I had plenty of options that, that to the point where it was too much. It was too many. There were too many women that had lowered the bar, lowered the standard to a level where I said, wow, like, so you're trusting me. You would let me do pretty much whatever I want. And, and that's very a dangerous way to live. And uh, and I chose to get married because I kind of wanted to settle down. I wanted to settle for something. I did not want to be out here in this world having everything thrown at me. Right. So so that was that ended up being my experience. Now, my experience is not the same as everybody else's. Right. I was much more well known. I had a lot more money. So maybe and maybe that maybe those things change certain things. But I can just tell you that what Ebony's saying, you might want to really listen to it. You might want to consider what she's saying, because um, because at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people are making choices that are putting them in bad situations, right? So anyway, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, I see black one look like he looked like a troll, uh, unhappy troll. He says, "Bro, you chose it. She made you wait thirty years later. Get out of here, you big dummy." My wife did not make me wait. She said ten thousand times that if I had asked her out thirty years ago, she would have gone out with me. I cho I chose not to date her at that time. So stop it. Stop being a troll, Negro. Get up out of here. All right. So anyway, uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Doctor Boyce Watkins, and I have a new book out. My new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, if you'd like to go get a copy, you can go to drboycebooks.com. Also, my wife is uh, Dr. Alicia Watkins. She is a relationship therapist uh, and also a full professor of social work. So shout out to educated black women. There are lots of men who do appreciate your credentials. Uh, not every man's intimidated by your intelligence. My wife is beautiful and intelligent. You can see her right there. And, uh, it, and her books are actually on my website as well. So feel free to go to drboycebooks.com if you'd like to take a look at some of her books. She's written great work on things like um, financial trauma or how to have drama-free relationships, uh, because that's a big problem in the Black community, is that there's a lot of drama, and the drama stems from a lot of trauma. So so keep that in mind. All right, anyway, here's um, here's another thing uh, I wanted to um, ask you all about. So give me a yes or no in the chat. Um, if you were to ask the average single 44-year-old Black woman what it's like to be on the dating scene right now, do you think that she would say that it's wonderful and it's great and it's a lot of fun? Or do you think she's more likely to say it's a nightmare? What do you think? If you were to ask the typical 44-year-old black woman, I'm talking about single, living her best life, going on the girls' trips, great corporate career, because that's what black, black women are really great at that, right? They, they have the education. They have the great jobs. They, they love the girls' trips, right? So what do you think? Do you think that the women would say, Oh my God, this is so awesome. Being single at 44 is so easy to find a committed relationship with a man who's going to be there for me every day. I, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so much better than it was when I was 25. Or do you think she's going to say, oh my God, Lord Jesus, Dayton, Dayton now is a complete nightmare. What do you think? Do you think that it's, what do you think? I'm looking, I'm looking for one person. I see everybody saying it's a nightmare. I'm looking for one person who will say that it's positive. What do you think? Do you think that she's going to say it's positive or you think she's going to say it's a nightmare or, or, or something toward nightmarish, not a good experience? 
What do you think? Okay. So so here's my point on this, right? And again, I'm, I'm going to have to give an affirmative to what what Miss Williams says. Um, that was not my experience when I was 44 and single. When I was 44 and single, I had to talk myself into getting married. When I was 44 and single, I again, I again, my experience is a little bit different, though. I think it varies. Like she talked about markets. See, and one thing in economics is we know all about markets, uh, stock markets, and 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 in different economies, right? All the you know, so 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 in different markets, different commodities have different values, right? So a man who's known, well known, and has money is going to have a different set of options than a man who who isn't in that category. Same thing is true with women. You know, when my wife says, "Oh, it's it's always been easy for me to meet nice men." I'm like, yeah, but remember when I, you were the most beautiful woman I knew when I was in college. I did not see one woman who was prettier than you. I saw men hit, I saw NBA players hitting on you. I saw NFL players hitting on you. I saw high paid attorneys trying to hit on you, right? So, so your, your experience is not like everybody else's. So I think that this is one of the problems with um, these sort of one size fits all kinds of uh, advice, right? When people give a one size fits all kind of advice, that's just bad advice to begin with. That's that's bad. That's universally bad in my view because you don't know every person's situation. Some people are drop dead gorgeous and just have lots of opportunities. Some people have great personalities and they can just meet people like that. Some people, um, maybe they don't they don't just date in their race. Maybe they say, hey, you know, I'll date women or men from all over the world, right? Um, some people don't want to get married. Some people just look at marriage and they're like, ugh, that's too much work. I ain't trying to do all that. Especially think about this, right? If you didn't grow up seeing marriage, I, I wanted to get married. My brother and I got married, not because we think marriage is just this easy, wonderful thing. We got married because we saw our father do it. We, 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 we stick by our wives because our father is the guy who, if you come home and you say, daddy, I, she's driving me crazy. I'm going to get up out of there, man. I'm going to go be a player again. I'm going to go sow my oats. I'm, I'm going to go out here. I ain't trying to be no simp. I'm going to get up out of here. My father's the kind of guy who would say, take your ass home to your wife. You know, that this is why fatherhood matters, ladies and gentlemen. When you act like fathers don't matter, that's what a good father who was married to your mother does is he says, yeah, I know there's women out there. I know that you can sit around and smoke your weed and drink your liquor and have your hoes and do whatever these some of these guys do. But that doesn't lead to a good place for you. It does not lead to a good place for your children. It does not lead to a good place for your family unit. And that's where strong men quality men that's what you're missing in your community they they killed all of that when they sent them all to prison that's what quality men tell their sons they say son go home to your wife to your family if you watch any of these watch goodfellas in goodfellas there's the the, the the italian mafia guys whenever he would get pissed at his wife and he go want to go stay with his girlfriend for for two weeks that what if they do in that movie anybody remember anybody remember good goodfellas what what did they tell what did they tell him when he went to go talk to his friends about how his wife is driving him crazy they said, go home to your wife. They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you you, you spent time with your girlfriend, but go home to your wife. That's your responsibility. That they don't, people don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. Now you got a hundred thousand Negroes online calling men simps for committing to a woman, for committing to a family. I guarantee you that 99% of those guys never saw a father in the house who was committed to their mother. That's why they think that way. That's why they think this is normal. Seriously, like really. I get it if you're 24 and you're like, oh, no, be single, live your life. But I was 40 something years old, had guys saying, 
man, you sipping, dog. You sipping. You settling. She don't even like you, man. I'm like, brother, I'm almost 50. What are you, at what point do you settle down? Oh, I get it. You're never going to settle down. You are going to die alone, to use Kevin Samuels' words, because what Kevin Samuels failed to mention is that men die alone just like women do too. So stop acting like it's only the women that can die alone because the women are being misled for sure, but the men are being misled too. A lot of the men are on some stuff where I'm like, is this is this reality? Am I really sitting here as a 52-year-old college professor entertaining comments from men who talk like little boys? And I'm like, brother, you ain't no kid. You're 44 years old and you're talking like you're 25. I don't understand that. Oh, I understand it now because you were raised in an immature space. A lot of the men that we look up to, these rappers that they idolize and put on these magazines, ain't nothing but little boys with gold teeth and, and driving, a, driving a Bentley. That's what they are. They're little boys who literally just look like grown men. I call them bearded babies. Bearded babies are the men who don't want to ever grow up. They're like Toys R Us kids, little Peter Pan-ass Negroes who literally don't ever think that any form of responsibility is important for a man to have. They, they their, their concept of masculinity was completely distorted at a early age it's deliberately done to the black man they deliberately do it to the black man because if you don't have real men in your community with real masculinity taking real responsibility then it's easy for them to control you manipulate you make you vote for the same politicians get your money take everything from you because you never learn what a solid family looks like and why that is important that's what i see so so ebony williams comments to me were interesting because they come in the context of a community and an environment that has been completely warped, absolutely warped. And if you think it's just the women, then brother, you need to grow up. And if you think it's just the men, then sister, you got misled. It's all of us, all of us. My father, I found out the other day, I got a decent Deion Sanders jersey on, on my on my wall. It's autographed. I'm really proud of that because I'm a Cowboys fan. I love Deion Sanders. And I didn't find out, I didn't remember, actually, until the other day. I knew this. I just had forgotten. I didn't remember that my biological father, his last name was actually Sanders. So really, on the day I was born, believe it or not, and on my birth certificate, it says Boy Sanders, right? So maybe Coach Prime and I might be cousins or something. I have no idea, right? I'm literally Boyce Sanders. That's who I was born as, right? And uh, but, but how did I become Boyce Watkins? Well, the way I became, I went from being Boyce Sanders to Boyce Watkins is that Boyce Sanders, my biological father, was one of these bearded babies. I hate to say it, but he was. And he didn't take any responsibility. He was never around. He, he, was, he was with the drugs. He went to jail. He was living his best life, trying, you know, doing what some of these other guys tell you to do. And he wasn't around for his son. And what happened then was he, he was trumped by a masculine man by the name of Larry Watkins, who literally came in and took over his whole spot, just literally took his whole block to use drug, dope dealer terminology. He just came and took over the block where he said that boy, that woman and that boy are mine. Those are that's my responsibility. And from the age of three, this was the only father I knew. So again, as this masculine male came and conquered his territory, conquered the territory of Boy Sanders, and, and they had a confrontation. They got to a point where Boyce was trying to sort of come in and out, kind of do the little thing where you, you're going to show up for the sex, but not really show up for the responsibility. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, the bearded babies love to do this, right? If, uh, my father it was, sat there with a shotgun in the, in, in the passenger seat and said, this is mine. You don't come around here anymore. Now, do I agree with this? Um, you can debate it whether it's appropriate, right? You know, it, it was some old black on black, 
ridiculousness at the same but at the same time what you really saw in that situation let me tell you this these are the stories that shaped me to be honest with you is you saw a masculine male taking over the territory of a feminized male you saw a masculine man making it clear that that this is mine this this is what animals do animals do the same thing y'all don't know this see animals got better more animals have smarter dating habits than humans do because animals like giraffes female giraffes they are only attracted to the males that are masculine enough to take responsibility for a certain territory. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? Literally, the males who get the most attention from the women in the giraffe space, and this is probably true for gorillas and lions and everything else. I don't know. I got to do the research. But for giraffes anyway, if, if you're a male that can't take responsibility for anything, the women don't perceive you as masculine. Right? So, so what's happened in the dating world, I believe, in the black community is they have distorted your perceptions to the point where some of y'all women have been trained to be attracted to the bearded babies. You're trained to be attracted to the men who don't want to take responsibility for anything, who think that being accountable to people is is, is too much stress, that they, they don't want to take care of no kids. They don't want to take care of no woman. They don't want to be there for you when you're sick and got to go to the hospital. They only show up when it, it comes down to specific pleasure-seeking activities. And y'all know what that is. I ain't got to tell you what, what will make them show up. Everybody going to show up for the vagina, but not everybody's going to show up when it's time to take the kids to school or take you to the, your doctor's appointments, right? So, so what I'm saying to you is that, again, this can't just be blamed on the men. This is also blamed on the women, blamed on society, right? Who trained you? Who trained you to look at some rapper who don't even take care of his own family and look at that man and say, oh my God, that man's so attractive. What in the world makes you think that that's going to work out for you? What, what in the world makes you think that's going to work out for your kids? You know, so so really, I'm you know, who am I speaking on behalf of? I'm speaking on behalf of those that want to do better. That's it. I'm speaking on behalf of the men who understand what I was saying about masculinity, of the men who don't get it. It's whatever. You're not masculine. So why, why do I care what you think? Seriously. You know, I'm speaking on behalf of the women who uh, who want to make better choices. But unfortunately, sometimes I think that we get mis we just get misled. You know, and, and I think that when what I like about what Ebony K. Williams said is I and, and I mind mind you, I don't I don't agree with everything this lady says. You know, I don't dislike her, I don't like her. She just, you know, um, but I will say that I appreciate the idea that she, as a 42-year-old woman, was able to honestly go take the darts that are gonna be thrown at her head and go public and say, Look, ladies, this is what I'm seeing, this is the truth. This, I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm not trying to be a super feminist. I, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be anything. I'm trying to be a human being. See, people in a, in a politicized world, in a politically charged world, you rarely get people who will be honest and open and human with you and just say, look, this, I used to think it was like this, but now it's not. Most people do that shit in private. They do that private because they're too worried about losing face. Well, I don't want my girls to think I'm not a strong black woman. She's like, look, no, I, I tried it. I'm out here 42 trying to date and I'm and I'm a pretty lady who's on TV. So pl plenty of men walk up to me, but it ain't fun. She's like, if I could do it over again, I would have locked a good man down when I was in college instead of trying to do it at 42 years old. Because as much as people want to empower you and gas you up and tell you that men want things that they don't want, that's just not true. And, and, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm just sharing my own experience. It's not the only experience, but it's, it's a perspective, right?
So anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, I want to remind everybody uh, that at the All Black National Convention, we we actually cover things like this. We have actual real experts, uh, real relationship therapists and stuff like that. Uh, they come to uh, our event every year uh, and they, they but they cover everything from relationships to politics, to economics, of course, stock market investing, um, you know, any, anything you want, crypto, all that stuff. So if you'd like to join us at the convention, it's going to be literally in about three weeks in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. You can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. And also with the Marriott, we arrange for you guys to get a really good discount on your hotel rooms. So I hope you'll stay in the Marriott with us so we can all hang out together between the sessions and stuff like that. So feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com. And also another reminder, if you'd like to get profit alerts, you guys know my PhDs in finance. So if you'd like for me to send you stocks that I like and things like that, once a week, I send out profit alerts. Just text the word stock, S-T-O-C-K, to 31996 tech stock to 31.99.6. So, so let me, let me jump back in. So we're talking about Ebony K Williams uh, from the Grio who made a really interesting uh, remark about uh, her opinion that black women that are seeking marriage should seek marriage earlier rather than later. That basically while they're in college, that's the, that's an opportunity where you actually have a lot of men around you who are going to be at the same educational and economic level as you. So you should probably try to snag your husband while you're there if you want to marry and if you want to marry a black man. Right. So there's a lot of and one thing I want to point to is that there's a lot of conditional statements that she made there that I think should be made clear. I don't think people on the shade room are going to get it on the shade room. I saw some women that were just really mad at her for making that comment. And um, and and I and I would say to those individuals, number one, she didn't say that this was advice for everybody. She did not say everybody needs to do what I did, what I would have done. She, she wasn't saying that. She said, if you want to marry a black man, just here are some dynamics that you probably want to consider. Right. So that means that if you didn't want to get married, then this isn't for you. Right. If marriage is optional for you, which is totally OK, actually, you know, I thought about not getting married. I told my wife, I said, I didn't marry you because I wanted to get married. I was very happy. I, you know, people talk about dating in your 40s being a nightmare. It wasn't a nightmare for me. It was like a dream. It was it was an oversupply, overabundance of opportunity. It was too much. I didn't want those distractions because I'm old enough. When you get grown and you've seen a few things, you know that all that stuff is it will, it'll take you off of your game. It'll take you off of your goals. Right. So 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 I, I just I chose I told I chose get married not because i just wanted to get married i chose to get married because because i wanted to marry you i want to marry you because you were the first woman i'd ever met where i felt that um if i don't marry this person and lock this situation down uh i'm not going to be able to replace this person right honestly not just no disrespect to anyone i've dated before that but no one ever had that impact on me. Previously, I had been engaged. I actually proposed on the Wendy Williams show, believe it or not. It was many years ago. It was a very nice lady. She was one in a million, just an amazing lady. It didn't work out uh, religious reasons, right? And uh, and it makes me think about that. Um, uh, there's a lady named Deb Cooper who wrote an article called uh, Does the Black Church Keeps, Keep Women Single and Lonely? Where the pastor tells you, you can you should only date certain types of men, only date men who go to church, stuff like that. I don't agree with that either. I think that's I, I don't think anybody when it comes to your important life choices, I don't think you should let give anybody domain to tell you what to do. I, I think that the decisions are so serious that you must make the final decision. If, if something does not gel with your spirit, if something doesn't make sense to you at the time, I don't think you should follow that advice because uh, you'll sit here and listen to somebody, some dude, some pastor who, you know, who's getting your money or whatever and got you come to church every Sunday and loves the fact that you're listening to him. You don't know exactly what his motivation is, to be honest with you. And uh, and he'll tell you, you shouldn't marry a man if he ain't coming to church. Um, Well, a lot of good men don't want to go to church. 
a lot of, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm on, I'm one of them. I think I'm a very good man. I've always treated my wife very well. My wife is a queen to me. I, when these Negroes make fun of me for, for getting on my knee and talking about how much I love my wife, I say, fuck all of y'all. Cause I love this lady. And you just mad. Cause you ain't got one like the one I got. So whatever, man, keep being a hater. Cause that's telling me how great my woman is. So, so I don't care. I love my wife. Right. I admire her immensely and I do everything I can to be the best husband I can be. Ain't nobody perfect, but we all do. our. You know, I, I do my best because I told her, I said, when a man really loves you, he's really going to be on his best behavior. When he really admires you and values you, he's going to step up for you. You know, these stupid games people tell you to play like, oh, well, if you want some want to get a woman, act like you don't like her. No, if I like you, I'm going to tell you I like you. And if you're not grown enough to appreciate that and respect that, well, guess what? A lot of other women like me because I have I've made millions of dollars and I'm a famous guy. I can go find another woman that's going to appreciate me. I'm not playing those stupid games with you. We stopped that when I was 24 years old. We're not doing that in our 40s. No, if I like you and I want to be with you, then, and then I'm going to tell you, and then if you want to be with me, you're going to tell me, and if you can't tell me, then that means you got some mental health issues that should be between you and your therapist. You ain't ready for a relationship with me if you can't be honest with me and can't respect me enough to appreciate the fact that I love you more than that raggedy-ass thug that you let into your bedroom and you liked him because he didn't like you, which means that you have a self-esteem problem, ma'am. You have a self-esteem issue, in my opinion, if you are chasing around people just because they don't like you. Who the hell does that? Who, do, who does that? Why in the world would you want to be around somebody who cannot value you? The only way that would make sense is if you don't value yourself, because maybe somehow subconsciously, because your self-esteem is so low, when you see the man who says, I love you, I like you, here's some flowers for you, I want to be with you, you're looking at him and saying, what's wrong with you? Why in the world? Nobody wants me. Nobody, no, nobody sees value in me. If you see value in me, then that must mean that whatever you're offering ain't worth nothing because the only people that I want to be with are the people who don't value me because I don't value me, right? But, but if I value me and I love me, then I'm going to understand exactly why you like me. So when my wife says, boys, you're an amazing man. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I, I, I try. I do my best. <laughs> right? Boys, you, you're so handsome. Yeah, you know, I've been working out. I'm in the gym. I'm looking good. You know, boys, you're so smart. Yeah, yeah, you know, I do have a PhD. I was one. Of, I was the only black man on the planet to get a PhD in finance in the year 2002. Oh, boys, you work so hard. Yeah, I do. I do work. I'm glad you, thank you for recognizing that. You know, that that's the reaction I think you want to have. Not one that says, well, why would you think so highly of me? I need to go pick the woman who doesn't respect me, who doesn't like me, who doesn't want to be with me, who doesn't value me. That's the weird. I, I don't understand that. Uh, the only thing that would make sense to make that make sense to me is if somehow it goes back because Ebony was talking about markets. Sometimes when something's rare, we naturally value that thing because we have the perception that it's hard to get. Right. So some people like people that play hard to get. It's almost like uh, De Beers, and, but, but it can be used against you. Let me explain. This is goes back to markets. Ebony talked about markets. I'm an expert on markets. Did you all know that diamonds are not nearly as rare as they lead you to think that they are? Did you all know that? Did you all know that, that? How many of you knew that? That diamonds literally really aren't that rare. But De Beers, who is extraordinarily good at manipulating people into wanting diamonds, basically said, let's restrict the supply and let's create the perception that diamonds are rare because that will keep the price high because people are stupid. People want to get stuff they can't get. They, they, if, they, if you give them something abundantly, they're going to think, oh, this must not be worth anything. So sometimes people do that with love. 
they say, oh, well, if your love is so abundant and so easy to get, then it must not be worth nothing. If it's so easy for me to get you to appreciate me and to commit to me, then you must not be, you know, you must not be worth anything. You must not be worth the chase. And uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, after you get body slammed emotionally by enough crappy human beings who uh, who who mistreat you and use you up and, and screw you over, you fl- start flipping that real quick. You, you start getting to the point where you're like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I ain't got no time. That, that's why I thought it was so hilarious when, but like, there's literally, if you go to the internet, you'll find <clears throat> videos where guys are like, Boyce's wife don't respect him. Boyce's wife don't like him. Look at the way, look at, they, look at how many inches away they're standing from each other when they took this picture. And I'm like, fool, you, you must be a retard because if you understood the way I think, you would know that I don't waste time around people who cannot value me. If you don't value my time and value my energy and value my love, I can cut you off faster than a than 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 a than a a foot with cancer in it. Like literally, I will cut you off so fast if you can't value the space. If you don't appreciate what I'm bringing to the table, it's very easy for me to say, "God bless you." I'm gonna go give my time and energy to somebody who can appreciate me. And I think that this is common sense. This is not rocket science. This is not something that you have to get a PhD to understand. This should be something that your parents taught you when you were little, right? This should, this is basic self-esteem 101. And I, and I think, so I think that when you talk about dating, one of the biggest problems that exists in the world is that people are out here playing too many damn games. People are too many games. Well, the, he texts me. I don't want to seem desperate, so I'm not going to text him back for two days. <laughs> Okay, try that with me. You you may never hear from me again. Um, or or you know, when, when she, you know, when you meet a pretty girl, you gotta act like you don't even notice her because are we in high school? It, it, like, is that really where we are? You know, so so I would encourage you, if you if you are a grown ass person, date another grown grown up adult. Date somebody else who can really value and appreciate when you're putting forth the effort and you're treating them well. And I really think that that capacity to really treat people well and to really, um, from a human standpoint, really value other human beings, I think that goes a long way when it comes to getting people to want to commit to you because that's how that gives you the opportunity to get access to their soul and form genuine, meaningful connections that will lead to mean, you know, positive outcomes, right? So um, anyway, let me let me uh, wind this up. Me and my wife are about to go running in a minute, so I need to go ahead and finish this up. So with Ebony K. Williams, uh, and by the way, do me a favor real quick. Could you please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Just a reminder, this podcast, drboystv.com. You can find it on Instagram, sorry, not Instagram, um, uh, on Spotify and also on Apple. So look up Boyce Watkins on Spotify and Apple. You can find me there. Also, my new Instagram is drboystfinance. So if you'd like to um, follow me on Instagram, just go to drboystfinance. And you can find all of my books, uh, including the Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, by going to drboystbooks.com. That's drboystbooks.com. So we're talking about Ebony K. Williams and her comment about why black women should get married in college or after college, because she argues that as men get older, their demand goes up. As women get older, their demand tends to go down. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily true in the sense that um, the assumption that a woman is less desirable because she's over, say, 35 or 40. I don't agree with that statement um, entirely. I I remember Kevin Samuel said that before he passed, and I didn't agree with that. I didn't dislike Kevin. Uh, He did a whole video about me. He defended me, and and I appreciate that. So I don't have any issue with Kevin. Uh, but I would say that when he said that women over 35 are you know, worthless and, and uh, what do you call it? I think he said leftovers and all that. 
I thought that was a harsh way to say it. I think that's a little too mean. I also think that that goes without understanding what's happened to your community. Uh, if you wonder why I have such an issue with Joe Biden, it's because part of the reason the black dating market is imbalanced is because of so many men that were sent to prison. You know, do y'all know that? How many of y'all knew that? Like the, the Economist did a whole study. This is white people in England. They did a whole study of the African-American dating market. Did y'all know that? The, these white people in England studied the African-American dating market. They said that because incarceration spiked so high, there is a huge spike in the percentage of black women who never get married. So what they said is that they looked at it almost like if you look at uh, deer or rhinoceroses in an ecosystem, they said you have an imbalance in the number of marriage eligible men and the numbers of marriage eligible women. And so they said that literally for every 1% increase in the incarceration rate, there was like a 2.4% decline in the percentage of black women who got married. How many of y'all knew that? Did y'all, do y'all understand what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you're following this, because I think that these debates are sensitive. I think these debates have to occur with some common sense, you know, and and, and, and I, I, I barge right into those conversations because I'm like, y'all, you're saying it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You know, there is an advantage. <clears throat> I want to tell you the truth. My simple perspective is that when I was a single man at 40 something years old with money in his pocket, I there was so many options available to me. Um, and it wasn't just because black women are crappy and black women are horrible people to be with. No, it's because of supply and demand sometimes. Also, when you have a society that doesn't encourage black men to grow up, that idolizes, that glorifies black men who are irresponsible guys who sit around. I'm talking about the rapper types who, who literally destroy their lives in every way. They rap about killing black people. They they waste all their money. They they engage in way too much sex with way too many women. They end up making bad decisions, taking all these penitentiary chances and, and not even taking care of their kids. And these are the men that, that men are trained to look up to. So you have a lot of men that get in their 30s and 40s who've never learned what maturity and masculinity look like. And they, they so they don't even they don't even consider responsibility for a family to even be a part of masculinity. I'm not talking about all men. There are a lot of men who don't think this way. So I'm, I want to make that clear. And those are the men. A lot of you are in this chat. A lot of you are raised by men like that. And those are the men that I honor. But I really think that society works extremely hard to make sure the black man never grows up. Jay-Z had a big problem. And did y'all know this? Jay-Z had a big problem when he was 35 years old. And he said, I don't want to wear those stupid long jerseys anymore because I'm not a fucking kid. He said, I want to wear suits. I want to be a grown man. Anybody remember that? They got really mad because they lost a lot of money. There's a lot of money invested in keeping the black man as a child. So Jay-Z got a lot of pushback because he said, no, I'm switching. I, I, I'm supposed to evolve. I'm not supposed to be 40 years old with my pants sagging down my ass. He said, no, I want to wear suits. I want to dress like the, the gangsters and the business owners and the thinkers of the world. I don't want to dress like a kid. I'm not a teenager. And, and that tells you, that speaks to marketing, that speaks to society, that speaks to capitalism, that speaks to how much money gets made by record labels. Places like Universal, I read somewhere they make $50 million a day. I don't know if that's an accurate stat, but I bet you it's at least 10 or $20 million a day. So they make millions of dollars a day by mass promoting the image of the black man as a defunct, ignorant, dumb little kid and a criminal. How do why do you think you got so many rappers that call themselves baby, little baby, 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 little, big baby, dog baby, whatever. I don't know all the baby names, but they got I know they got, I know little baby's one, they got duh baby, and then they have another called baby. And everybody's baby, baby. Why do you call yourself a baby? I don't understand that. Or little this and little that. It, it you're, you're not little 
like, wait, like, why can't we be big? This I'm big pun. I want to be big chopper. Big what? No, you want to be little baby. Like, who wants to be a little baby? Little babies are tiny. Little babies are harmless, right? And but little babies, maybe, maybe they come off as non-threatening, right? So you get in front of an audience full of white people, hundred thousand white people, who will cheer you on and pay you money to call yourself the N-word, right? To say things about yourself that they would never say about themselves or never allow you to say about other groups of people. Maybe this is how oppression works. So effectively, no disrespect to little baby, I'm, I'm going to take that off the table. But what I am going to say is that I think that your dating market is distorted because the men that your your men are looking up to uh, have been distorted. Uh, my father talks about in the 1970s how uh, they started putting out the pimp movies, the you know Superfly and the Mac and all that. And the pimp culture became really big amongst young black men. He says, so suddenly every black man in his 20s wanted to be a pimp. If you can't understand how dysfunctional that is, then I would like to help you. Do you get, do you understand that? Do you even consider the idea that this might be a problem? Do you think that, I mean, do you think that there, or do you think I'm just making things up? Do you think I'm just, you know, running my mouth? You know, I am running my mouth for sure, but but I hopefully I'm running my mouth and saying things that actually will add to the conversation because I don't see anybody else having these conversations on a national level. I don't. The conversations I see on a national level are like, well, Ebony's stupid. How, how she say that? Or, or she's right. These women need to shut up and sit down. And just it's 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 juvenile. It's very simple, you know. And I'm gonna have this conversation again with my wife. I'm gonna bring my wife in because I think that um, a woman's perspective is very important on these issues. But I will say this: when Ebony says, you know, that um, women who want to marry a black man should probably pick while they're in college, I think that that's true. But what's unfortunately also becoming true is that the numbers just don't quite add up. And what happens if you start back when they're little children, you have a classroom full of black boys where 70% of the black boys want to be a rapper or, or a basketball player or a football player. Give me a yes if you've seen this. If you've seen like how many black boys want to become athletes and rappers, why do they want to do that? Well, because that's what's being marketed to them. They're not The scientists aren't being marketed. The lawyers aren't being marketed. The doctors aren't being marketed. They all want to be doctors, they all want to be basketball players, football players, and rappers, right? And then if you say, well, why don't you become a surgeon like Dr. Ben Carson? Well, no, he's a Republican. We can't be, I can't be like him because he's a Republican. What the fuck does that have to do with you wanting to be smart? What the hell does that have to do with you not being able to at least acknowledge the fact that his mama with an eighth grade education raised him in the projects and made him one of the greatest surgeons on the planet? What the hell does that have to do with anything, the cost of tea in China? Oh, white. the white man told you that. He told you that anybody who Who's black, who's not a Democrat, you're not allowed to even look at those people or admire those people on any level. I say to if you don't understand how oppressive that is, I wish I could talk to you directly. If you don't understand, you don't tell me if I'm a free black man, you should not be able to tell me who I'm allowed to look up to. You should not be able to tell me who my role models are going to be. You know, in, if they're telling you who your role models are supposed to be, that is a form of control. Or you can look up to the rapper who don't take care of his damn family, but you can't look up to the black man, who, who the surgeon who happens to be a Republican. Are you kidding me right now? Are you, I mean, do, and, and the fact that I have to argue with black people about this speaks to just how crazy the world has become. So what I'm going to say to you is that when you start off when they're children, and 70% of the black boys want to be basketball players, football players, and rappers, and 99.9% .9 of them never do. 99.9% .9 of all the little black boys who put more time into sports than education, 
99.9% of them never make a penny playing sports. So the, the little black girls, pay attention now, the little black girls are supposed to grow up and marry the, the other seven-year-olds. They're not sitting around saying, I want to be a basketball player. I'm I'm not going to study because I'm going to be I'm going to be in the NFL. Black girls ain't doing that. You know what black girls are doing? They're sit, they're coming home to their their single mothers and their mothers are saying, do your homework. You know, make sure you act right. Make, do what the teacher says. So they're going to school and they're making good grades. They're at the front of the class. The little black boy who wants to be a basketball player is in the back. And, and so she's studying. She's not dreaming about the NFL. She's dreaming about becoming a doctor or a lawyer or a businesswoman like her mother told her to do. And then next thing you know, they get these this boy and this girl meet up again when they're about 27 years old. So the boy, unfortunately, not in every case, but in many cases, you know, you know you've probably seen this. The boy uh, spent most of his life uh, focused on sports. Uh, and then also there's a culture that comes with that, right? Sports in the hip hop culture tend to blend the hip hop culture. Unfortunately can be very toxic. So it comes with a lot of hoeing, uh, sitting around smoking weed, get, getting high and drunk all the time. Uh, you know, irresponsible choices when it comes to money and also ignorance, lots of ignorance, right? Education's not really valued in that space, right? So sitting down and doing your homework makes you look like a square, a simp, a nerd or whatever, right? So he doesn't do those things. He wants to be the cool guy. Well, well, he spent his whole life being the cool guy. And then he finds out he's never going to the NFL, the NBA or whatever. So he's wasted a bunch of his life. So he's 27 and uh, the white man won't give him a job because he ain't got no skill. He's not the most qualified because he didn't invest in his training and his education. Right. Uh, and he, so he can't get a job as a football player. He can't get a job as a, a regular job either. Right. And then the black woman, though, because she, she's still attracted to him. She's trying to, you know, trying to make some work. She's showing up. Well, she she spent the last 20 years studying. She uh, now has her master's degree. She now has the good job at the law firm. She now is getting her career started. So she's starting to think about family and children and marriage. And, and he's not equipped for any of those things. He's thinking about liquor, weed, hose, and, and numbing his, his pain from all the disappointments that he's going to experience for the next 30 years because he didn't, nobody told him to invest in his life properly. So when she's waiting around for him to marry her, he's like, no, I'll have sex with you and her and her and her but I'm not going to marry anybody. Why? Well, because I got too many options. Marriage is, is too much stress. Um, I'm not ready for all that responsibility. So, uh, you know, I'm going to just use, have time, spend my time with you, use you up until you're about 34, 35 years old or 33 or whatever. And then I'm going to send you back. I'm going to throw you back in the water and, and wish you the very best. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and this is what I have seen a million times. And I, and I think that it's really unfortunate that it's, it's seen as politically incorrect for me to, sh to tell that story. I, I, I really think it's unfortunate when you hear, um, when I, when I, sometimes I hear women like tell uh, young women, like, Oh, you've got plenty of time and you can do whatever you want. And there's no consequences and there's consequences for everything. There's always consequences. And, uh, and I, and I think that in general, I think that whatever your path to happiness is. So if your path to happiness looks like marriage and children and all that, I think you have to de deprogram yourself, right? Because even that poor little girl, by just by being raised by her strong, stern, single mother who told her to focus on school and not focus on boys, even she has to some extent undermined her ability to form a healthy relationship with a man because, unfortunately, because the black woman is forced to figure things out on her own, some women are not even equipped to share power with another responsible male inside the house. So that conflict is naturally going to arise, which means that, in my view, if you find somebody you love and you really want it to work out, 
you probably need to go get some help, get some, get a therapist in there, get somebody that's going to help you get along with each other because that transition from going from being the strong single woman to being the, the, the wife of a strong man is very, very hard. And so, 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 uh, so even, even that, and along with the fact that maybe she didn't learn how to pick properly, right? Her and all her girlfriends were looking up to these raggedy ass rappers as somehow that like these men are attractive and not without even considering the fact that none of these men are going to make good fathers for your, your children. But when Sierra decided that she wanted to have sex with and have a baby with a guy like future as a man, I could have told her, like, why in the world would you let a man like that inside your body? Number one, he probably got diseases because he's screwing everything. And he's it's not like he's hiding it. He raps about it. He talks about having three women, two, three women at the same damn time. Right. Y'all remember that song? Right. So it's not like he's like like pretending to be something else. Um, and, and you find him appealing because he's rich and he's famous and he's got a lot of charisma. But you're not considering uh, not just the fact that he's going to be a huge virus in your life, literally and physically. But he's also going to do the worst to you, which is to really disappoint your children. You're going to if you have a child with this man, that baby is going to spend his whole life in extreme agony because his daddy ain't shit. And, and where Sierra got lucky because she's pretty and famous and all this is she found a guy. She found Russell Wilson and people make fun of Russell for, for taking her on or whatever. I don't make fun of him. I think it's I think Russell is a family man. Russell, if you look at his background, he was raised by parents that taught him the importance of family. So he just said he did the masculine thing. He did. He's a masculine guy. He's a football player. Right. So football players are strong. They they take hits. They they're, they're very focused. They're able. He's a leader. Right. So he basically out masculine future. He said. Uh, he did what my father did to my biological father, which is where he said, this is mine. This is my territory. Uh, don't you come around here no more. We got this. We we know you're a slob. We know you're a bum. You can go sit around and smoke your weed, drink your liquor and sleep with your hoes, live your little raggedy life as a child. It's But a real man is taking over this territory. I admire that. That's the model of masculinity that, that you can build a nation on. You can't build a nation. Pay attention now. I need you to understand. This is why we're kind of at war now. I have a lot of men that get so mad at me because of some of the things I say. I don't give a damn because you cannot build a nation off of weak, irresponsible men. You can't. You can't nation build off of men who are so weak that all they do is seek pleasure all day long. You only build a nation on men who are willing to take responsibility. But you also can only build a nation on women who can respect those men. So when you're disrespecting those quality, solid men and calling them simps or, or saying that they're boring, but you're picking these bums, these thugs, these losers, these guys that, 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 that literally are just showing up for the sex. Well, then there's going to be consequences to that. And there's a lot of women, I think, that um, that experience those consequences firsthand. Uh, you know, I, I, I just I really think that. Um, that a lot of these things are distorted. I think that dating, uh, I don't I don't even think that we date as a community with family in mind. I think we date with sex in mind or how what somebody looks like uh, in mind or all these other things. We don't we date like teenagers. A lot of us date like teenagers. So so uh, what I think happens is once you get about maybe 40 and you start realizing life is about more than just good sex and having fun. You start looking back and saying, man, I wasted some of my best years. I think women do this. I think they look back and say, I wasted some of my most fertile years, my chance to have children and family and people who love me. And I spent it with guys who were not worth my time and my attention. And that's not entirely your fault. A lot of it, I think, comes from 
uh, a lot of basic things, like even just stuff as simple as not having a father in the house who valued you. I think every black girl deserves to grow up with at least one man in her life who really cares about her deeply, who isn't trying to sleep with her. Uh, and, and I think that when that man is missing, when that first man you love uh, disappoints you and he's not there for you, I think it causes you to spend a lot of your life looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, you haven't had any training from a man on what masculinity looks like and what to actually look for. So instead of looking for a sturdy, consistent man like your dad, you're looking for what you idealize to a man to look like, which might come from your favorite rapper or some some guy you saw on TV or whatever, or maybe some stereotypes that somebody fed to you. And then next thing you know, you find out these guys ain't shit. These guys ain't some some. I mean, some of these dudes, you know, um, you know, it's it's very sad. Like I I just I guess it's like uh, you know, when I, when you're raised by strong men, and I spend time around strong men, I can spot weak men in a second. I can spot undisciplined men in a second, you know, and you can't build family with guys like that. You just can't. And I think that ladies should train each other on this. I really do. And I think the older women should be training the younger women. I think that the older women have to be honest. I don't think that they're honest enough. Right. So this is why I like what Ebony K. Williams said, not because I agree with everything she said, not because I, I don't even, I don't know. Again, I told you, I don't, you know, she was a real housewife or something. I wouldn't date or marry a woman who's a real housewife. However, um, I admire the fact that she at least tried to say, look, this is how it really is, you know, and uh, and I, I don't think we have enough people that do that. I think we have people that just lie. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you one quick story. Then I'm gonna get on out of here because because my wife is waiting for me. Um, there was a, a lady I knew who whose aunt was a very prominent, very, very prominent feminist, very prominent. I'm talking about wrote books. If I said her name, you'd know her name. She's a very prominent feminist and uh, she spent her whole life talking crazy about men and how she's independent and don't need men and blah, 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 blah. Kind of the same nonsense that you hear. And, um, and she said that when this lady was in her fifties, she went to the doctor for something and she was trying, she needed a ride home from the doctor and she was really depressed about the fact that she had nobody to pick her up, to take her home from the doctor's office. And, uh, and she said, and my, and, and what my friend told me was that she said, when I saw her, go through that. And she was very honest with me and telling me things that she would never tell the public because she had to maintain this superwoman facade. She said, I, I, she said, I said to myself, look, I admire you, but I like my husband. I like having a family. I like having the people around me. I'm willing to compromise to keep my husband in the house and keep my family in the house. I'm not, I'm not trying to declare war inside my own home by trying to somehow protect you know, my own sovereignty and every single thing that I do. So that, that whole strong man, strong woman thing, um, I think has to be challenged when you're talking about family, when you get to the point where you're in a family, when people, even when people say basic things, like I refuse to settle, um, even statements like that, you know, if you say I refuse to settle or I refuse to submit those two statements, I think should be taken out of our vocabulary. If you, if you want to be married and have a family, because when you get married, you're that by definition, by definition, you are settling down. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you get married, by definition, you're settling down. That that means that Boyce Watkins, when I chose to marry my wife, that means that I had to tell other women that were interested in me, and there were quite a few. I'm sorry. I I, I know it, it might be more fun for me to to dibble dabble and and and, and live my best life, but. Now I have a responsibility. This is this is where my focus has to be. It ain't always fun all the time every day, but that's the choice that you make. 
So, so when you get married, you will be settling, right? You, you just, just make sure you settle for something good. I told you I married my wife, not because I wanted to get married. I married my wife because it was her. I said, you know what? You're the finest woman I've ever seen. You're super smart and you're one of my best friends. I'll take it. I'll take it. Right. Um, you know, but then the other thing too, is when they talk about the word submit, um, I don't know why people have such a big problem with the word submit. Uh, I think that we just have to, we don't have to make it gender specific though. Right. I think that when you get married and you decide, or even not even marriage, just any relationship, anytime you agree to do something with another group of people as a collective, whether it's a business, a friendship or a marriage, you have to submit to the structure of the thing that you've committed to. If I'm a football player and I play for the Dallas Cowboys, I got to submit to the team philosophy. I can't go up in there every game talking about I'm going to do what I want to do. And if y'all don't tell y'all don't give me the ball, I'm out of here. Right. They will boot your ass off that team in a second. You can't, the team can't win if nobody submits to the code, to the team philosophy. So when you get married, that is your ultimate team. You must submit to that team. You submit and you say, I know this is what I want to do. But this is what my family wants, and that's different. So I'm going to submit to that, right? Maybe later on, I'm going to push for a little bit of what, what I want. But 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 I can't do that every single time. I can't win every battle because I'm going to lose the war. So so when they say little basic stuff that people don't want to hear, like, well, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? That's 100% true. Sometimes you got to learn. You got to zip it up. Shut the fuck up. And focus on keeping the relationship intact, or you can just, you know, always have your way and tell tell everybody off. And next thing you know, you'll be sitting there all by yourself, and then wondering why nobody wants you. You're such a prize, but nobody wants you. Well, partly it could be uh, selfishness. If you are if you are a selfish person, then yeah, people are gonna say, okay, I'm not gonna mess with you. You just sit over there and live by yourself because I'm not gonna be in your space because you're determined to dominate the space that you're in. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So that that's that's what I just believe. That's my two cents. Um, I hope it's helpful to somebody. Um, in the case you ever wonder why a finance professor would talk about things like this is because, number one, I'm not a, a finance professor who happens to be a black man. I'm a black man who happens to be a finance professor. And number two, these are deeply economic conversations because the, the biggest reason that your wealth is declining is because they destroyed your families. Families have more wealth than individuals. But it's just like, I mean, but it's common sense, because if you look at in any sport, basketball, a basketball team can always beat a basketball player, a basket, any, a basketball team will always beat a basketball player. So so you're going through life trying to beat basketball teams and you're just a player playing by yourself. And, and somebody lied to you and told you that that's how you win. That's not how you win. That's how you keep losing. That's not how you do power nomics. That's how you do struggle nomics. That's how you end up in tough situations over and over and over again, because nobody ever taught you how to maintain relationships with your healthiest and strongest allies. So don't shoot yourself in the foot and don't fall for this political correctness BS. Don't let don't fall for the feminism, don't, but don't fall for the for the for the, the male cynicism or the or or uh, uh, um, uh, this this fake masculinity that's out here. Don't fall for that either. You know, like choose your own battle, choose your own path. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and then you're still going to get it wrong sometimes, but at least you'll do it your way. Uh, don't let people ruin your life with this stupid advice out here. These people are crazy. Anyway, that's it guys. I'm about to get out of here. Uh, hit that thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. You can find me on Spotify and Apple. So feel free to go there. Uh, also my website is boycewatkins.com. Feel free to go to my website if you want some free stuff. And in addition to that, 
Um, if you want to get profit alerts sent to you via text, just text the word stock to 31996. I'll send you our $5 day investing plan from the Black Business School. I'll also send you a training. It's all free on how to make money without working. Uh, you guys know my PhD is in finance, so this is what I do. And then also, uh, last but not least, the All Black National Convention is going to happen October 20th through the 22nd in Atlanta. It is the biggest gathering on earth of intelligent Black people. So if you are intelligent and Black first and you want to network with other like-minded people, this is the place for you. So if you'd like to find out more, just go to All Black nationalconvention.com uh, there's also a few vendor spaces available and the discounted hotel rooms will be available for a couple more days we made a really good deal with the marriott so you can uh, come down there and hang out with us and uh, have a lot of fun all right guys well have a wonderful day god bless you thank you so much for listening and if i offended anybody with the words i say uh, i would say i apologize but i don't because i don't take back anything that i said uh but you are welcome to disagree uh it's okay to disagree we can still be friends so god bless you love you guys i'll see you soon peace Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.